What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the latest episode of the Backbeat Podcast. My name is Kiara Singleton. And I'm Marcus Shepard. And yeah, we've been gone for a minute, but it's time to bring it back. Um, (laughs) We say that every few months. (laughs) I know. We have to get better about being consistent. It's just been a really um, busy time in both of our lives. Um, Lately, I'm trying to finish up my dissertation, Mm -hmm. which I'll be defending in a few months. Um, Marcus is out here doing things. Thank you. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, my business. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so, but we're, we, um, are so happy to be back, um, with this episode. We've missed y'all. We've also missed talking about music. It's Mm -hmm. been, uh, it's really weird to not have this in our lives every two weeks. Uh, yes. (laughs) Oh, really, Marcus? (laughs) Listen, you know, I've got accustomed now to not doing it, so now we got to get it back in the routine. (laughs) (laughs) i ain't gonna lie but yeah no i think it's been really great time for music these last few weeks and you know last few months that we've been mia so it should be nice to get back and talk about some of the great new music yeah so we've we've had a lot of albums um drop like just in the last two months right the the biggest i guess um bunch comes from mr kanye west right all kanye west produced albums you had Pusha t who came with um his his newest album daytona then you had kanye who dropped yay then you had kid cuddy and kanye's collaboration album kid see ghost mm. then we had Nas's nasir um we have tiana taylor coming out this friday uh then we have beyonce and uh jay-z drop um everything is love just literally out of the sky mm-hmm. just boom y'all thought we weren't gonna uh put out some new music jokes on you we had a, a great album from um j-rock uh called redemption that came out i think last week as well uh you said christina aguilera's album new christina we um, had uh tinashe's joyride we were gone for that also janelle monae's dirty computer um, um, what else did I? Oh, harder than ever, little baby, um, and nasty by um, <laughs> nasty. I mean, it's just so much music. So much music. Yes, hundreds of and like, what do they say? Thousands of songs are released every single day. So, so much. Oh, and how could we forget? Um, Tierra Wax, Wax World. Mm-hmm. I mean, just yeah. Then your girl. It's, what is it? Jordy Smith. Is that her name? Oh, yeah, 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 Georgia Smith. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, that album came out a few weeks ago. What is it, Lost and Found? I mean... So, it's been... Music's popping right now. Yes, it's been a big time, so we're back. <laughs> yeah, we're back, and we're going to try to um, get into as much as we possibly can. Um, and I think we're going to start with the Carters. That I mean... is the artist name. <laughs> <laughs> right, the Carters. Uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z literally came and just fucked up everybody's weekend. People were listening to that J-Rock. They were listening to that Nas. And then Beyonce and Jay-Z said, you know we on tour, right? You you didn't really think we were going to make y'all pay to see us without dropping new music. Bam. Well, they did for a few people. And I would well, be pissed yeah. if they start playing the new music yeah. post. And I paid and saw you already and I didn't get a new 
piece of music, but I think there's also your, you know, your chances when you go to Beyonce. Like, she went on tour with the Miss Carter show, right? And everyone was expecting her to release new music, and she just toured, like, on four, and I am Sasha Fierce, really. So, I don't know. Like, I think it's great. I mean, it'll be interesting to see. I think tonight there's a concert in Amsterdam, so I think it'll be interesting to see if the set list has changed since they dropped the album on Saturday. I will say it was nice enough for them to drop it in the afternoon, right? It dropped, like, 4 p.m. on the East Coast. So, people, it wasn't, like, a midnight release, and people started losing their minds. <laughs> Immediately. People are like, um, I need to get title. How do I get title? Let me sign up for title. Mm-hmm. But then um, the next day, it was released on all the other streaming sites or maybe it was monday monday but i just know i don't have titles so i i i mean one of my friends who was visiting me this weekend had titles so we were listening to it when it dropped um and then we went to a day party the next day and they didn't play any of it so i was like i guess the dj doesn't have title Um. yeah (laughs) but i mean i am just I'm not surprised, right? Because both Beyonce and Jay-Z have been at the top of their game mm-hmm. for so long now. But I I kind of am. I'm just kind of overwhelmed with how consistent they've both been for so long. Like, it is just... Um, it's not only amazing, but it is really a true testament to how seriously they take their craft and how seriously um, they really, really invest in, you know, their producers, their writers, right? Like they have a Mm -hmm. whole team around them who kind of helps them, you know, maintain kind of their their place in the sonic soundscape, right? They not only know what the current trends are, but they also, like, they know how to take those and push it further, which is really amazing because some artists will just ride a wave, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which is no shame in your game, right? If something's popping, hey, and you can do it, why not? But one thing about longevity is about being able to constantly set trends, and both Beyonce and Jay-Z keep doing it. They literally keep doing it and pushing the culture further, whether it is the sonics on the album or the visuals, you know? Exactly. I mean, they also both have cultivated great teams, right? Because yeah. at least on Beyonce's front, this is her third project that's kind of released without anybody really knowing. I mean, the last one, Lemonade, there was HBO saying something from Beyonce titled Lemonade, I guess, was coming out. So that was it, but people weren't sure what exactly it was, and nobody knew what it was going to sound like. And, of yeah. course, this is the third time with her, at least, that people who she's actually worked with didn't know that they actually made the album until <laughs> the album was released, which is also, I think, speaks to the power that she has, because usually you yeah. have to clear things with people and get their approval and sign off and everything. And clearly, I guess, if you want to work with Beyonce, you just give that up front. And then yep. she'll make the final decision. If it makes the album, then you'll get cut even more money. <laughs> exactly. Which I think is smart because you also have to realize that they also have really good people around them that no one's leaking. That's the type of team that everyone should have around them where no one says nothing about anything. It is amazing that nothing ever gets leaked, you know? And I, I, I just also think like, you know, shout out to them for having such good people around them that they, you know, they respect mm-hmm. the artist so much that they don't try to, you know what I mean, get ahead of anything or, you know, 
talk about it just to get some recognition on their own name. Um, and one thing that I really love about the album is uh, some of the producers that they're using. So they're using um, Cool and Dre, which, you know, Cool and Dre got their start with Terror Squad back in the day. And um, they've kind of, they haven't faded from music, but they haven't necessarily been at the forefront um, as producers in a little while. Uh, cool and Dre have been kind of uh, working with Fat Joe recently mm-hmm. on his comeback album. And now they have three tracks on Everything is Love. And I love the way that the tracks sound. Like, it doesn't really sound like anything out there. And I think that that goes to show kind of how Beyonce and Jay-Z are constantly rotating their list of producers, right? Because we know what a Timbaland beat sounds like, right? We know what a Pharrell beat automatically sounds like, but they're Mm -hmm. not always going to their go-to people. They also have Jahan Sweet on there, and Jahan Sweet got his... Right, with Kalani. Kalani. I was like, you better go. Look at this step up. Yeah, but um, he's been out here because he was also he helped produce um, the the Drake track, uh, the Duppy freestyle um, that you know came at Pusha T. So Jahan Sweet is also <laughs> out here making making. Oh yeah, that <laughs> happened too. Oh yeah, that happened, my away. boy Drake. Oh man, you know what? Sometimes losing builds character. It's okay, Drake. Fantasia Scorpion said sometimes you gotta I'm lose. I'm still rocking with you. Fantasia said sometimes you gotta lose to win again. So maybe exactly. this is what. Exactly. He had to do because I mean it's now been weeks since Pusha responded back and we have heard nothing. So yeah, we're not gonna get a diss track. I think it's, it's some people are holding out hope that it'll be on the album. But I was like, what's the point? Maybe he'll do some subliminal bars, but yeah, I don't think we're gonna get any more sparring. Um, which is good. I think everyone needs to move on. Pusha has a really great album that was actually overshadowed by his beef. Um, and Drake has a project coming up that mm. was, you know, potentially that is potentially going to get, you know, kind of not necessarily overshadowed by the beef, but he's not going to be able to talk about the album without talking about the beef. And I think does Drake are- do interviews anymore? Really? Um, sometimes he does. Yeah, he'll drop a few interviews with um Zayn. Okay. Do, you know, like he'll do some big. You know, I don't follow Drake, so but, I just you know, believe but... he's reached that era where I feel like he <laughs> doesn't really do interviews, or if he does, it's very on yeah, his very... terms. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so, you know, I think we just want to let the music talk for itself. Um, but yeah, Jahan Sweet's on there. You got Pharrell, um, Boy Wanda, who's also a part of um, Drake's camp. The Migos, uh, of course. <laughs> yeah, the Migos. Um, you have a lot of good people mm-hmm. on this album. What are some of your favorite songs? Um, I think the two standouts for me are Ape Shit, which is, I guess, the Migos song and you sent me i guess yesterday I get, there was a reference track i guess mm-hmm. of the song that quote unquote leaked i guess that's surprising to me about this album rollout is the fact that a reference track actually leaked <laughs> yeah that is true because uh that is true. i don't think we've heard a reference track from beyonce in a very long time um no, we haven't. <laughs> yeah like maybe like for second album b-day might be last time that there are, like, reference tracks out. Um, but I liked, you know, Ape Shit, I think, definitely could be a single. I mean, clearly they released a video for it, and now the the album is on all streaming platforms and yeah. for purchase everywhere. So I feel like that song could debut pretty high on the Hot 100. Probably a top Agreed. 10 hit easy. If not, definitely top 20. And I, then I also like Friends. I just think it's catchy. I think it's cute. I think it's a perfect kind of summary song. I don't think it will do much on the charts, but I think people will be blasting it. 
Yeah. I also think the album just in general has a bunch of, you know, Instagram quotable captions. Most you definitely. know, especially friends talking about the line that Beyonce had where like my friends are goals, your friends are foes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which I love because mm, it's facts. So facts. <laughs> facts. <laughs> I'm just saying I keep a close circle and that's all I'm going to say about that. So I like it. And of course, then Beyonce is just singing throughout the entire album. Blowing. I mean, her vocals are, I feel like they always get better each album. Uh, and we get to hear a lot more of her lower register on this album in terms of singing, especially with the background vocals, which I appreciate. And I think she's so slept on as a vocalist just because she's such an amazing performer that everyone wants to talk about like the visual stuff and her dancing and her control. But she's also just a really bomb singer. Um, and I hope that we'll get to hear and see more of that. I think the clips I've seen on tour, she's really flexing and showing out, especially yeah. on that um, song. What is it? Family Feud. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, you know, going off on that song live on tour. So I think she's just, you know, out here showing people again and again and again why she's arguably the greatest living entertainer. Preach. I, I will say... I will say that when I saw that the album dropped, I literally stopped everything I was doing and I was like, gotta listen to it right now. <laughs> and I was so happy. I literally No, I was drunk. Marcus, I didn't like, have time for that. I was like, you didn't even tell me the album dropped? What's going on? Like, what's happening? You usually know these things before I do. And he's over there with his rum punch like, I'm turning it on right now. I was... But I was so, so, so excited. And I think that for me, I just love artists that are able to just like, you know, make people excited because you know that the product is probably going to be good. Mm -hmm. And so when I turned it on, I was like, okay, I like that they kept the song on the album at nine songs. So it's going to be short and sweet. But as soon as I hit play and summer came on, listen, y'all, I lost it because summer is my favorite (laughs) Beyonce I love four I love dangerously in love Mm -hmm. that is my favorite Beyonce when she is in her bag singing that is my Beyonce that is the Beyonce I stand for I mean she's amazing all around but that is the Beyonce that I love to hear when everybody else was like four is weak I was like that's my favorite album yeah I mean she's really singing on four Exactly. So when I heard Summer, I just lost it. I just knew. I was like, this album's amazing. It's the best thing I ever heard. (laughs) But because she just, she is singing on Summer. Like, she is really singing. Um, But yeah, I love Summer, obviously. Ape shit, friends, nice, and love happy. I think those are... um, my favorite 713 is also really good um i saw people on twitter talking about some oh that's cute they're quoting um dr dre and i'm like y'all you know jay-z wrote that song so jay-z is quoting himself Mm -hmm. Um, just like beyonce quoted blue ivy like like, she is singing jay-z lyrics y'all didn't hear him singing that but he wrote that um so (laughs) I, I just I just love the album. I love how much they have grown as an artist. And to be honest, I wasn't sure if I even wanted to hear a collaboration album from the mm. two of them, but they actually just passed my wildest expectations. It's tight. The songs are really good. Jay-Z's verses prove that he is literally the best 
lyricist, um, still living, I mm. would say, um, in terms of someone who has been able to have such a big impact, you know, through so many decades, I think that the best lyricist, people will have their own, you know, person who they really like, but I think that Jay-Z, for me, gets that title in the sense that he can be so consistently good for so long, it's kind of unfair, mm, you know? Yeah, through different so, kind of iterations of beats and music. It, Exactly. It's like LeBron James. How can LeBron James be this good for so long? That's kind of how Jay-Z is, right? Still at the top of the game, even though he's been in the game for so long. Um, and so for me, this album is once again similar to 444, right? Proving that Jay-Z is, he's at the top, right? Um, Nas is one of my favorite lyricists of all time, but, you know, Jay-Z is able to be so consistent every single time and switch up the flow and do the young kid flow and take it somewhere mm, else. Mm -hmm. um, I love that. I love that about it. And um, shout out to Blue Ivy giving a shout out at the end of Boss to Sir and Rumi. Um, the true boss of the household, Blue, exactly. had to close out the song. <laughs> right. Um, just so good. Also, let's talk about the shots on the album. Um, Kanye gets a shot in Friends. Uh, mm -hmm. Drake gets a shot in, in, um, in, on Boss. Um, I mean, Jay-Z took a shot but at the NFL and the Grammys. Um, oh, yeah, NFL Grammys. Yes. So someone said, I mean, I haven't listened to the lyrics that closely. I mean... I've been booked and busy this past weekend, but um, someone said, I guess, Beyonce gave, gave a shot to, I guess, Spotify, where people, she was like, if I really wanted. Oh, if I really cared about streaming numbers, I would have put Lemonade on Spotify. Yeah, I don't even know what song that was on. Goes, fuck you. <laughs> I don't even know what song that's on. Um, That's on um, I'm Nice. Okay. I'm so, I, 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 yeah, yeah, that's on that song. So. Yeah. Beyonce's out here showing off. Okay. Um, but yeah, I love it. I, love I mean, her cadence. She's been like her cadence and rapping and stuff really dates back even to the No 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 remix. Like, yep. She's been, you know, you know consistent. I mean? I yeah, she's been consistent. Like, I don't know. People just sleep on her. Like, she low key, I think could could go there as a rapper. I mean, clearly, when we talking on on ape shit, like she body Jay Z. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean. But also, like, let's, you know, let's also give the Migos their shine. Right? Oh, well, of course, yes. Right? The reference track because leak, right? Beyonce was able to take what they yeah. did and elevate it and put her it's own spin flow. on it. I mean, she copies Offset's flow mm -hmm. completely, right? But the fact that she's able to do it and kind of put her own spin on it is great. But I also want to say, like, you know, the Migos, they really did their thing with that track. Like, it, it's just a really phenomenal track. Um, I like Jay-Z and Beyonce's version the most but if you listen to the the reference that that shit's hitting too um so yeah yeah mm, so it. it'll be interesting like we'll see if they perform it maybe they what they'll do is they'll perform the new stuff in the states because the states tour takes place i guess right at the end of the month yeah. and then maybe they'll go back to europe and perform the new stuff or maybe they won't uh so we'll see but i mean definitely a boss power move i mean beyonce continues to reinvent you know, releasing an album, right? Release yep. the whole, you know, she's been doing visual albums since B-Day. And yeah. so she's just continued to push the the medium, per se, as they say. Like, and the what Beyonce released at the end of the tour, Lemonade, she released literally, like, days before the tour and performed all new music and expected people to know it all, and they did. And now yep. she goes on tour without an album and drops it 
in like after like five dates. <laughs> like what? Yeah. <laughs> Boss moves. Boss moves. And let's not forget about Jay Z. He's been killing it with these collaboration albums. I, I think we have to like mm-hmm. look at his career. You know, he comes out with that um that first album with him and R. Kelly, which was major back in the day. R. Kelly. Really, really good album. Then he had Collision Course <laughs> with Lincoln Park. Yes. Then he had Watch the Throne with Kanye. Mm-hmm. Like and now he does it again. And there was, what, the gray album that was unofficial where they took the black album and put it on top of beats from the Beatles from the white album. Oh, yeah, Um, I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I mean, he's able to adapt. And, I mean, he's also worked with a host of singers uh, on features from different Mm -hmm. lanes. So he's able to really maneuver his instrument, right? His cadence, his ability to rap through a host of different beats and tempos and genres. So, I mean, they're both unmatched. And there's an interview that Beyonce gave. I mean, not Beyonce gave, uh, someone who worked on the project gave. I don't know who, but he was talking about how Beyonce is very active in the writing process and he's very confused as to those who think she just kind of sits there and takes what people do. (laughs) And how he played her a sample that he was using that was in French. And he played it to her, and she's like, play it back. And then she was like, play it back again. After the third time, she sang it to him effortlessly, flawlessly in French. Like, perfectly. And he was like, I, my mind was just blown. Like, she's working at a different level than everyone else. I was like, <laughs> I'm just like, I duh. Like, I don't know. It's just so interesting to me that people always question her. And I always yeah. have to wonder, like, well, why are you questioning her abilities or artistic endeavors even when the video dropped like there were art history majors like on twitter you know these twitter academics as i call them who were like well i wonder if beyonce actually understood the symbolism with these paintings and putting these and i was like why do you think she wouldn't like her mother has talked about how she raised her children around fine art all the time i mean beyonce is clearly well cultured and traveled like, exactly. why do you think she wouldn't understand these things? She doesn't give interviews anymore. She lets her work speak for herself. Like, I'm sure she could get on an interview with Oprah and break down the video and talk exactly. about why. But why does she need to? As and they, also, as they always say, what don't spend no time wasting. It's like don't waste your time trying to explain yourself to those who are contempt on always misreading you, something like that, exactly. right? And so she just doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> and let's not forget all of the you know shade people have thrown her for the way she talks, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the way you know people say she has no personality, all of these different things. It's it's really interesting when people get upset that Beyonce doesn't actually give more interviews when. Uh, so many people have spent so long trying to down, you know, mm-hmm. what she so has many to things say about her. Exactly. And at the end of the day, it doesn't it it doesn't really matter. Like she did this video. They chose the location. They did all of that. It doesn't it doesn't matter if she's sitting there necessarily unpacking every single piece of art in the Louvre. Like obvi- obviously she knows what she's doing, right? But like what does it matter? Like what because she doesn't speak in a language that you want her to speak in as an art history major, like, come on, you cannot use mm-hmm. your, you know, level of knowledge to try to say, Well, obviously Beyonce could not understand these art these pieces of artwork because you know she doesn't have my background like actually no like whatever background you have is not working because you're trying to be elitist and strip someone of their own agency like exactly but can we also just talk about the agency that she does have like the Louvre doesn't open for anybody like for anyone if we want to call a thing a thing like Kim Kardashian would have her wedding there and they said no Beyonce exactly. said I want to shoot a music video with all these black folks and they said sure let's open it up you can film all these things and for a lot of people let's call a thing a thing this is probably 
probably the first and maybe even only time that they'll have seen things in the Louvre, right? And so she's opened up this cultural space for people. But we want to critique her and be like, well, I don't know if she really understands the symbolism and understands X, Y, and Z. Um, I think she does. And you're just mad because the Louvre would never shut down for you, let alone for a private tour, let alone to let you film a whole ass music video. So a shout out to them for using their power. And also, like, I, I hope most people just, like, actually just watch the video and enjoyed it. I've been to the Louvre, and let me tell you, I didn't see that many black people in there when I was there. Okay, I've um, been twice, and I've never seen... It was, like, me and the people I went with and maybe another group. <laughs> yeah, it was not, like... And there are lots of black people in Paris, so let's, you know, let's okay. keep it 100 about what's going on. And so I, I'm, I'm just not with the, these elitist critiques. Like, Beyonce is highly intelligent, obviously, and she's going to keep doing her thing whether or not people want to doubt um, her her artistic um, ability. She keeps elevating the game and making a better lane for people who are going to come after her. Mm-hmm. And that is the best form of art, right? Showing people the actual size of the Mona Lisa, showing them one of the only portraits in the Louvre that doesn't depict um, a, black a black woman as a slave. As enslaved, yes. Right? So, like, obviously, she knows what she's doing, um, and I think people just don't want to give her just credit. Stay mad. What is? What's the line? We'll end our discussion on it. What was the line she said that I was talking to you about earlier, where she was like, "I'm bigger than the hype. I give you life." Yes. That's yes. all we got to say about that. And keep giving us life, Beyonce, because I got my whole life this week. I listen to this album every single day. I'm not even kidding. Every single day. I wake up and I'm like, what am I going to play? I I start playing, I could do everything. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's my theme song. (laughs) So, yeah, um, it's a great album. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. I really, really enjoy it, obviously. <laughs> I think I've sent everyone in my life the uh, ape shit video. I literally mm. just... Is this you, care? Is this like a virus? I'm like, it's me, watch it. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Well, I guess since we're talking about music that's had us hype, I will say that I was really hyped um, when I heard that Nas was releasing... Mm. Uh, project the last project that he released was a few years ago life is good which i thought was an amazing album um and so i was really really excited i didn't know how i felt with kanye producing the album because kanye has been out here showing his ass recently Um, (laughs) i guess that's been happening since we've been gone too (laughs) (laughs) to be honest i have an emotional attachment to a lot of the artists that That he's working with working for i i remember the first time i heard kanye i remember the first time i did the grinding beat you know from the clips on you know a table i remember the first time i listened to a kid cuddy song and cried right i remember the first time i could spit a nas verse like you know straight you know i i you know so it's hard when you have these moments because you, I think as people, you develop emotional attachments to artists that have put out music that's really mm-hmm. impacted your life. And so when I heard Nas was dropping, I was so, so, so excited. And then Khalees came out with the domestic abuse allegations. And to be honest, it kind of wrecked me because, you know, nothing that anyone does should surprise us because you never know who people are in their personal lives. Okay. It's just but, a persona. Exactly. But I, you know, Nas was one of the first hip hop artists 
teach me, you know, like black is beautiful to be proud, you know, to be black and like to know all of this history he knew. And like, you know what I mean? Like it was a different type of level of inspiration. I would listen to him and be like, let me go Google. Well, I don't think it was Google. What was it? Ash G's or something. <laughs> you taking us back. But yes, I remember. <laughs> I would have to go look things up. Or Yahoo. Right, Yahoo, when he would talk about certain things, I didn't know what they were yet. I was young, you know? So I felt like I got an education, you know, through his albums. And so when Khalees came out with the domestic abuse allegations, it really hit me hard because I was like, not Nas. Like, Nas, not Nas, black women are queen. Not Nas, like, you know, we are powerful as a community. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you could be whatever you want to be, Nas. And then I just had to sit on it. it? I know I can do what I want to do. Right. And I sat on it and I was like, you know what? I mean, obviously I believe Khalees, you know, but I hope Nas will address it, right? He's that type of artist who doesn't hold his tongue on issues that impact the black community, even if they're interpersonal issues, right? So I was hoping that this would be a moment in which he would, you know, explore that. And so I turn on Nasir and I'm already kind of like, all right, let's see what's going on. I mean, it's going to be shaky. And And the album's great. He's talking about slavery. He's talking about police brutality. He's talking about all of these things that impact black communities and especially black, young black men. And he, you know, he's talking about their trauma and he's also Mm -hmm. saying, you know what I mean? Like we need to invest in black businesses, you know, young black boy, don't you cry. Like, you know, all of these different things, you know, saying that, you know, white people tend to be scared of black people and, you know, and this is how we end up, you know, dead on the street, right? He's talking about real stuff. Hmm. And he's turned, shining a light on trauma that black communities face. But then he doesn't shine the light on himself. And for the album to be called Nasir, right, his actual name, um, I was hoping that there would be some type of self-reflection, that there would mm-hmm. be some type of... That he would talk about the ways in which um, white supremacy, right, uh economic stagnation within our communities, right? Not only kind of traumatize communities of color, but they also create, you know, ways in which people enact their traumas out on other people, right? Very true. And I was hoping for that. I was hoping that he would talk about it. I was hoping he would go through talking about how racism, class, you know, police brutality, all of these things impact black people and then turn the light and talk about, you know, how these things impacted him and how he's made some terrible decisions in his life, right? Mm. Um, With the drinking, with the, you know, abusing of Khalees, but he did it. And then I was really let down because for me, Nas has always been, you know, he's God, God MC, right? He's the God Mm, MC. mm -hmm. He talks about everything. He talks about us. He sees us as a black community. He's not afraid to go there, but yet. Well, I guess he he was afraid this time. Yeah, he did it. And I was disappointed. I was very interesting. You know me, I am not supporting anything associated with Kanye West at the moment, just as slavery supposedly was a choice whatever music I want to or choose not to listen to is a choice too. I think people have the right to listen, right? I'm also not on the bandwagon where I'm like, y'all shouldn't be listening because he's associated with it. I think people can do whatever they want. I mean, that's also been a discussion I've been seeing going around recently where people are like, you shouldn't listen to these things because Kanye is a part of it. And I'm like, people going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think it is 
you know, disheartening to hear your take on it where you were expecting a lot more, especially from an album being very much self-titled, at least from his government name, that it would be more introspective, like his typical discography. And I guess it kind of missed the mark for you in a sense. Yeah, it was typical Nas, right? He talked about the things I expect him to talk about, but I would have liked him to flip it and focus on himself, right? How how does it living how how does living in certain communities being impacted in certain ways cause you to act out, right? In ways that are unacceptable. To me that, you know what I mean? Like dealing with that trauma, right? Um, I would have appreciated it, but you know, it's a good album. I probably won't listen to it again. Cop Shot the Kid is the standout track for me. Um, they sample Slick Rick. Um, really, really great um, um, uh, track. He talks about police brutality there, and Kanye West actually drops a really good verse talking about police brutality, which like blows my mind because Kanye has been in this uh, Make America Great Again <laughs> moment, which is hard for me because I love Kanye's music, and I'm not gonna lie, I've listened to all of the albums, and mm-hmm. I love Kid See Ghosts with uh, the Kanye and Kid Cudi collaboration. Um, some of those songs like literally move me to my core because I am a big Kid Cudi fan. Mm. Um, but it's just it's just weird. I feel like you know you you can't not you can't be talking about slavery over beats that Kanye made when he's talking about slavery isn't a choice. I would have loved them to talk about it. Kanye should have also talked about it. You know, maybe he was, you know, not in the best state, but he should have owned that as well and talked about it. And I just felt like they're running away from it. And that's Mm. because both of these artists are so honest and open in their music. Okay. But yeah, that's just kind of my take. I mean, you know, Nobody's ever a hundred percent, so True. who True. knows? So maybe right. the next project will engage with her. Maybe well, maybe he's trying to hide or run away from those allegations. Yeah, and you know what? I think that in terms of those allegations, we need more in terms of the you know the hip hop community, the R and B community, as a you know music listening community in general, hold people really accountable. And I will give um, a shout out to Famous Dex. He was on, he's a rapper. Um, he was, That's what I was like, who was it? <laughs> he's a rapper. He's a song called Japan. That's okay. pretty big. Um, but he was on The Breakfast Club, and when he sat down in the chair, they were honest with him. They were like, we weren't going to let you do this interview because you're on camera beating up your girlfriend, but your team told us all of the ways in which you've been trying to take accountability. And then he spoke. He used his time to promote his album, right, to speak to kids about not only what he did was disgusting and wrong, but how he's actively trying to take steps to fix his behavior and to tell kids, you know, don't do it. Like, don't be like me. That's not Mm. cool. And you know what? Just moments like that. You know what I mean? Like, we need moments like that, right? Like, we need more moments of people taking accountability for their actions and not hiding and running from it. Not saying, well, you don't know what happened before. There's no excuse. Point Mm -hmm. blank. Keep your hands to yourself, everyone. But for that young man to get up there and do that, to me, that was like a positive that was a positive moment because I was like, why are they even giving him shine and then you know they talked about it and he didn't hide from it he didn't run from his mistakes it doesn't erase anything he did but at least he stood there mm-hmm. and i thought and I, and I and i expect nas to stand there of all people nas definitely should have been standing you know and talking about it on this album well it might be easier said than done for other people right you right. know sometimes right. you know i don't i'm not familiar with nas's discography as in depth as you are right but maybe they're 
might be some hypocrisy of you know his private actions versus his public stances on things right so who knows it's easier said than done you're so right i have my moments (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah sometimes sometimes you're right i don't think too sometimes much. uh i have text messages that say otherwise but it's okay See, that's why that's why i don't say anything <laughs> <laughs> that he's gonna pull it out at another time okay bam <laughs> <laughs> yes um what else is on the agenda Tina's album uh, Christina's album, yes. The vocal legend, whether people want to acknowledge it or not, but arguably the best voice of our generation, Miss Christina that again. Aguilera. That again. I said arguably the best voice of our generation, Christina Most Aguilera, who, who low-key, but not even low-key, Whitney Houston has given countless praise to in front of yep. and behind the scene. Mm-hmm. Um said to her at a very young age while she had a cold performing at, I think it was the first ever BET Awards, they honored Whitney Houston and Christina Aguilera was asked to perform Run To You. And she said that was the best rendition she's ever heard besides herself, which is high praise because nobody's ever going to sing that song better than her. Um, And her estate has also asked her to tribute her on multiple occasions. One was on The Voice, but they scrapped that with the hologram. But the performance is still, you can find it online and Christina was killing it. And then she also more recently performed at, I think it was the Billboard Awards or the American Music Awards a few months ago to honor Whitney Houston and kind of the bodyguard. And, you know, vocally, some people didn't think it was the best performance. But, I mean, honestly, who can sing four or five Whitney Houston songs back to back and be flawless? Only Whitney True. Houston. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really hard thing like, to ask. Honestly, like, her songs encompass so much range and different vocal dynamics. There's a reason why she was called The Voice. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, Christina is that girl. You, whether you like it or not, she is that girl. And I think Same. with this latest album that she just dropped on Friday, she continues to prove why she's so amazing. She's very much a music chameleonaire. Uh, chameleon, not chameleonaire. Uh, shout out to shout that out rapper. To right? <laughs> who's actually He's out here like on the tech, in the tech industry. Yeah, who's out here in the tech industry making bank. But <laughs> Liberation, I just think, was an amazing album. Like the... Um, imagery for it has been very stripped down i think vocally the album is also pretty stripped down i think a lot of the critiques against christina aguilera have been that she's always growling and always doing unnecessary runs and while there are songs that really showcase and put that to the forefront she also has songs that are a little less pared down like unless it's with you also deserve and pipe um which I think is like a beautiful sequel to Sex for Breakfast, which was on her Bionic album, which a lot of people slept on. Um, And so I think she just is giving you a bunch of great, interesting sonic moments that fit together, but then don't at the same time. And I think, you know, Fall in Line, I think is a really important song that has a really great message, especially for a lot of women and young girls in general and the fact that she did it with Demi Lovato you know someone who kind of kind of came up in the industry similar to her through Disney Channel and has you know had her own struggles and issues I think was a powerful testimony to try and link two generations together through this message and so I really liked it my favorite tracks were Pipe of course I liked Unless It's With You Deserve I really do enjoy Fall In Line I think it's a great vocal moment and 
uh, Masochist, I think, was a very interesting song. Yeah. And she's she worked with a lot of great people on the album. She did work with Kanye West, so I guess I am kind of supporting Kanye. But even she came out and was like, Kanye is very interesting. <laughs> Talking about it. And clearly, with Christina, like, these albums are usually done way before they get released. Like, yeah. Bionic was uh, famously finished, like, a year or two before it even was released. So I wouldn't be surprised if these Kanye tracks with Acceler- Accelerate and Maria um, weren't finished well before the MAGA comments. <laughs> and she's also working with, you know, Ty Dolla Signs, XNDA, who I've never heard of, um, Gold Link. And then I know you love Right Moves. I've never heard of the two features that she has on Right Moves, um, but I'm not as hip or on it as you. <laughs> no, I've never actually um, heard of those uh, two artists. I don't even know how to um, say their name. I don't want to mess it up, but Kedina? Kada uh, and Kada and Shishie Shen Shen Okay, sure. That sounds way better than whatever yeah. I was trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's a, I think this is her album that's kind of like an ode to hip hop and rap music with her own influence and fusion. I think yeah. she pulls it off well. She's also going on tour in the fall, I believe, late summer, early fall, and this is actually going to be her first tour since 2006, if you can believe it or not. So I think I'm definitely going to try and go see the tour. I mean, she's a phenomenal singer. I did see her last tour, the the um, Back to Basics tour, and she killed it vocally. And so I'm not going to be underwhelmed at all, I'm sure, vocally from this next tour. Her vocals are still pristine. I've been watching all her live performances. Say what we want about her. She still hits all her notes. She's still very much in tune. She is handling business and is one of the greatest singers ever, period. What did you think of the album? Um, I love the album. I love the sonic direction of the album. You know me. I love albums that are tight, but I don't necessarily mm-hmm. believe that albums have to be cohesive in like a weird way, right? Like mm-hmm. one of the things that I loved about um, Anti was that the sounds were all over the place, but it still worked, right? And so it's like you can have a tight album, but you don't necessarily need all the beats kind of flowing into, you know, one exactly. another. Like give me different musical, you know, genres and still rock them and make the album, you know, amazing. And so I, I really, really, um, I was really impressed, and I didn't know what to think. I actually just turned it on because I love. Christina and I wanted to listen to it, but I didn't go in kind of, you know, mm. with anything in mind. Um, I actually forgot the album came out, but I had like opened Spotify and it was a big banner. And so I was like, oh, I have time. Let me listen to it. Yeah. Um, and I was presently surprised. I was texting Marcus the whole time being like, I love this. I love it. Um, my favorite songs are Searching for Maria. No, no, no. Maria. Maria. Yeah. Because Searching for Maria is kind of her like um, prelude or interlude prelude, yeah. into interlude. it. Um, yes. that it's is Maria. flawless as well. So amazing. Maria, Right Moves is like my favorite. I love it. Um, like I do with Gold Link. I love Gold, Gold Link in general. Um, and I thought they worked really, really well together. Mm-hmm. I like um, that I like... play, like old school, new school. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> um, Deserve is good. Um, Accelerate is still the standout track for me. I think Accelerate and Maria kind of. Actually. I don't know why Accelerate isn't blowing up the charts because that beat is fire. She's it's singing. So fire. Ty Dolla Sign is killing it. A lot of music out right now. True. Um, but I hope you know it. Maybe when she starts performing, it'll get. Um, yeah, and I don't even play. know if she's performed it live. Like she's been performing Fall in Line. Yeah. Um, 
but I love Accelerate. I love Ty Dolla Sign. I think Ty Dolla Sign is actually very slept on, but his harmonies are just so good, and his songwriting ability is just it's just so good. Mm. Um, and yeah, Pipe. I like Pipe too. Uh, the whole Pipe album is banging. I will go see Christina on tour because I actually I love her music. I've always loved her music, and she's just a vocal beast. To mm-hmm. me, she is the best. Um, vocalists of our generation right now you know i unless someone else comes along i think for us right now she's at the top and maybe ariana um ariana's there i mean beyonce beyonce of course is there the people sleeping on her i think demi lovato is really reaching a vocal stride um adele of course is up there in terms of you know i want to say we're speaking in, in terms of like pop girls yeah, right like exactly. we're not we're not we're, there are a bunch of girls at r&b and gospel exactly. and stuff right but in terms of like pop hot 100 pop, yeah. people that you'll see on those type of charts i think those four women in general are are amazing, amazing. And, the, and we can't even forget about pink someone like pink is also oh amazing okay vocal. pink always um, gives you a nice vocal shout out to philly's own pink <laughs> exactly i think for me though christina the range that she has is very unique and she can go from singing different genres. And I don't think not everyone can do it that well. And so that's why to me, when I'm like, in terms of pop stars, she's at the top for me. Um, but yeah, I love all of, I love all of um, the women vocalists out here just doing it, mm-hmm. just being great. And also just pushing the artistry forward. Like so many great albums are coming out and women are leading, you know what I mean? The the um, the way and like i want them all to get their shine whether that's christina's album janelle's album mm-hmm. ariana when she drops you know beyonce even tinashe like you know what i mean like there's so many talented young artists out here um and i'm just excited to like you know listen and kind of watch so yeah i, I agree one. i think there's been a lot of great music like i think janelle monet's album was amazing and her visual album that accompanied it that was on BET and MTV and MTV2 was great and I want to go see her this summer on tour she also gives a phenomenal vocal um so I think you know people always complain about music and you know as people get older and the lack of you know quality right but I think there's a lot of quality out there sometimes you just have to search for it just because there's just so much music being released exactly um, and so sometimes these big releases, they do have some quality moments or are quality in general, but there's also a lot of stuff underneath the surface. So Yeah. And just, the way music moves so fast, it's like here today and then people forget about it. Exactly. Like a song is shoots up the charts for a week or two, right? Mm-hmm. And then tumbles down. Like we'll go like top five and yep. then five weeks later is like number 82. Exactly. Um, just because of the metrics and how people listen to music and how we're just so inundated with different sounds. So shout out to everyone just on their grind, making their way, trying making new things. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I guess before we head out of here, we should mention the passing of XXX Tentacion. Mm-hmm. Um, he was murdered the other day while shopping for um, a, mo- a motorcycle. Um, and it's a really sad, you know, time in hip hop. No one wants to ever see, you know, artists or anyone in general just get murdered. Um, right. But it kind of created a, a lot of craziness on the timeline. And um, I just kind of wanted to say that, you know, I think that X was um, a very troubled young man who made really great music. And for reasons that maybe I don't connect to, a lot of younger 
um, teenagers and young adults really, really um, gravitated towards his music because he talked about depression. He talked about, you know, all of these different things that he was experiencing and he had a connection with his fans. With that said, he also did some very horrific horrific things mm. um, to young women in terms of domestic abuse. And I think that there's a way in which we have to be able to talk about both aspects of an individual, right? We can yeah. understand why kids gravitate towards him while at the same time not shying away from the horrible things um, he did and acts against women, um, acts of violence he per uh, perpetuated against women. Mm -hmm. I think that you can hold them both, right? The same way that we still exalt Biggie and Pun and all of these people, and we still talk about them, right? The you know our generation and before, the younger kids should be able to have you know strong feelings for him. With, without being able to just wash away his past. I think we have to hold them both. And it's complicated, but we have to hold them both. It doesn't take away from his artistry, and it doesn't take away from the pain um, from the, the victim, right? And what's sad about this is that she never got to have her day in court. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's terrible. And he also never got to serve his time, right? And I think that people are saying, well, he was changing. What would have been great is if he could have served his time she got her day in court, and then we could have seen his progression, but we didn't get that. And it's exactly. a sad thing when anyone dies. Um, but, you know, we don't have to, like, pick and choose and tell people that they can't feel any type of connection to an artist, even though they did hor horrible, horrific things. I think that there's a way we have to talk about it um, and not shy away from both. I don't know. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't familiar with him at all. Like, I had heard about him. Um, I, if you've been listening to this podcast, you clearly know that I'm not um, that heavily involved in the hip hop culture. <laughs> yeah. So I don't really know who a lot of these people are. Like, I listen to things when Kira sends them to me, but even sometimes she sends me things. I'm like, and eh, no. Um, so I wasn't very much aware of who he is. I had seen him around, especially the titles regarding the domestic abuse that he had done. Um, but I also think, you know, anybody dying is never a good thing, right? Death is never a positive thing, uh, especially when it comes to murder, right? When someone is murdered, never wish that on anybody. So I exactly. think it's very sad that a young life has passed away. You know, someone who was 20 years old, I saw yesterday online, you know, of course, it became the topic of conversation and people were tweeting about, you know, he was trying to turn his life around. Whether that was the case or not, I don't know. I didn't follow his life at all. But I do think, you know, someone with such a big platform who really was engaging with a culture and had the attention and eye of certain people was really impacting them. And I did see some yeah. videos on The Shade Room where he was really trying to preach positivity towards his fans and talk about how he used to try and be the villain. And being the villain wasn't a good thing. He was trying to atone for his sins and do better. And he wanted them to do better. And so I think anyone who uses their platform for good... Right, should be, you know, that should be understood in addition to what the bad things are, right? Nobody is all good and nobody's all bad, right? We're complex, high functioning individuals, you know, pull out my PhD in communication, right? There's a concept of person centeredness, right? We all communicate differently, we all think differently, nobody exactly. is the same. And so it's important to realize that we are all complex, nobody is perfect, nobody is all good, nobody is all bad. And we need to really take people at, you know, face value, who they are, who we interact with them as, 
and keep it moving. And so I think it's very sad that he passed away. Supposedly he was in Miami for a charity event that he was putting on that weekend. And so it's he just, lives there. Okay. Yeah. And I guess he was doing a charity event as well from at least what I've read from, I guess, TMZ. But who knows if that's true or not. But I think it's just sad that a young life is lost. And, you know, clearly people who are really engaged with him are going to feel some type of way. Right. And are really yeah. going to be upset. And I think people are allowed to grieve however they choose to grieve. And I think it's unfortunate that people are trying to tell people how they should feel or how they should think and have these hot takes on the ready. And sometimes it's just not necessary or sometimes just let it breathe for a few days. Right. I, I agree. And I think for me, what I want is like we were talking about in terms of Nas, when a hip hop artist, you know, passes away, we have this, you know, this big moment where everyone's tweeting about it, you know, celebrities, you know, everyday listeners, everyone, we should also have those type of engagements when domestic abuse is a conversation, right? And I think that if we can learn to be compassionate, not just for, you know, a young life loss, but also a young, you know, woman traumatized, like, we will be in a better space, right? Mm -hmm. We can have these tough conversations that don't have to get into the black and white realm right but we have to talk about them we can't just sweep them under the rug right and i and i think that that's the thing that i want to see out of this is moving forward like we have to be able to you know speak about it it shouldn't just be you know small pockets of the community right like we have to hold everyone accountable so that we can move forward right like that'll that's how things but god forbid we're able to engage in complexity of humanity right that's (laughs) that's so the issue i see with a lot of people right they're unable to you know engage with the positives and the negatives of someone it's either they're trash they're garbage they're canceled or i love them they're the best thing ever there's a whole lot in between that yeah right even people who i love and adore right they have done messed up things right and i have to hold them accountable right in my personal life but even artists that i like or actors that i follow right they've said fucked up things right and that you know you have to wrestle with that as a person right do was that a moment that they were having how they atoned or do you think they've atoned, right? Because they might think they've atoned, right? But do you individually think they've atoned or not? Exactly. Right? It's all an individual case-by-case basis. And I think people need to stop kind of being sheeps in a herd and start critically thinking and engaging for themselves and figuring out where they want to stand on topic. Just not because a pundit who they like said it, so that's what they're going to believe exactly. or do. It's what, it. what do you believe? What do you feel? And sometimes that takes some self-reflection. And maybe this is a great time you know, unfortunately with his passing, to do that as people and figure out our own engagements with art and artists, you know, because a lot of things have been happening, right? We can talk about Bill Cosby, we can talk about Kanye West, like all these people who have released art that has meant things to people, right? Mm -hmm. But have also maybe done some fucked up things or said some really fucked up things. And so how does that impact you as a viewer or a listener, right? Or a fan or someone that purchases tickets or does anything Mm -hmm. like that? Um, so I think, you know, is a great time for reflection. Reflection. And, you know, I'm just going to say this last thing. We also have to, like, be okay with also talking about things that happen interpersonally that's messed up. And mm-hmm. one thing that I get really upset about is that when it's, like, a young black woman, whether it's, you know, Cosby or, you know, you know, uh, X or the R. countless Kelly. other R. <laughs> Kelly, right? We we tend not to be compassionate, right? We tend not to 
fight for them. We tend not to say anything. And Mm -hmm. that is a problem. We have to like, that is like a fundamental issue, right? Like you have to be able to look at young black women, black women, girls in general, and say that they are worthy of respect and dignity. And until people can like do that, we'll keep having these conversations, right? Because it's always fascinating, like who doesn't get talked about. And it's always young black girls or young black women, you know what I mean? And that's the thing that upsets me. And I, and I, and I, I hope that we can, you know, people, do it but i hope we can start to do it more mm-hmm. um and like you know as a community come out and talk about these things it's not right it's not okay and we can't ever make it okay exactly um, like i think it takes time and it, it, you know there's no one way or best way to talk about it i think it's all context specific right and yeah. involves who you're engaging with like oh, there are so many factors that you know boil down to the communication climate you know we i could go there if we really wanted to but that's not this podcast and we're out of time <laughs> but yeah it just <laughs> you know it just means you know i think it's a great time to reflect to think about and to talk with people you you feel comfortable with discussing these issues and figure out where you stand on them and what your leeway is or are there non-negotiables right is there a hard line for you is the line you know wavy whatever that means for you when these sensitive issues happen. And hopefully, you know, as we step into the future, we'll be able to talk more and more openly about them. Like, I definitely feel like there's kind of a, you know, keep it under the rug type of mentality when it comes to certain issues or with certain issues when it comes to certain people. Right. And I exactly. And, you know, relates back to posture, respectability and all of these other amazing concepts that we can talk about on a different platform at a different time. (laughs) But I think, you know, I think people are wrestling with that now, especially on social media and really trying to put out their opinions and see see what sticks and see what works. Um, So I think. That is all we have for y'all today. It has been a pleasure coming back and speaking with you guys. We always say we promise it won't be that long, but I do think this time it's for real. (laughs) Yeah, we'll be back in two weeks. I'm going to put that. Y'all put that out out of the universe. Um, You know, bearing no nuclear war, you know, we'll be back in two (laughs) weeks. Uh, But as always, you can find us on Twitter at at the backbeat one. You can find us on SoundCloud at the Backbeat Podcast. You can find us on uh, on Facebook. Yes, Facebook, the Backbeat Podcast. You can find us on iTunes at the Backbeat Podcast. Um, yeah, and so we're out here. We will be more, more and more involved. You know, just things have happened. But we will see y'all soon. Peace. Bye. <laughs>